Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. <clears throat> We've been on quite a bit of a hiatus lately, and uh, this is a bit of a bummer way to start our new season. But uh, we want to, Sean and I, Sean's here. How are you doing, Sean? Hey, good. Been better. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to uh, to do a little bit of a special episode talking about Kevin Conroy, who we, I'm sure everybody knows by this point, passed away not too long ago. Uh, the voice of Batman for, geez, close 30 to... 30 plus years. Yeah, 30 yep. years. Um, yep. The most identified actor with the the role probably to, to a lot of people. Yeah. He, uh, obviously we've been, we've been talking about this show, Batman, the animated series for <laughs> since before Donald Trump was president. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> during Obama, I think we started to be free. Trump. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't think we'd be talking about Trump in this uh, podcast. Well, today. hopefully it'll be the only time <laughs> it comes up, but, uh, yeah. so, we we've been we've been you know deep in this for a long time and and uh, before that obviously we've both been big fans of his work and so uh yeah we just wanted to talk about him a little bit and uh what he means to the role and what he means to people you know ironically um uh i floated this out a few episodes ago where um toronto convention wanted it was tossing the idea around about Clay and i coming up to toronto pay for our flights and hotel rooms and stuff and then we would do a um live recorded uh, or live some kind of recorded podcast with um kevin conroy on stage mm-hmm. and um clay and i were jazzed about that of course i'd love to you know talk to uh conroy but uh the show wasn't able to make it happen so uh clay ended up you ended up not going to canada i did just for my own you know business reasons and then conroy canceled and, uh, you know, obviously yesterday I found out, oh, he literally canceled because of cancer, which uh, he kept as a secret for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure if many people knew about it. Um, I'm not sure many people even knew Kevin was gay until the last few years. I didn't. I, I definitely didn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. seemed like he was a, a pretty private person uh, with yeah. his personal life anyway. Um, yeah. I tried to look up uh, his husband. So, okay. So he got married. Uh, his husband's name, I forget, but I Googled him. He might be a lawyer in Manhattan. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking through photos, and I never found a photo of Kevin with his husband or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, pretty private guy. There's more photos of him with other voice actors like Tara Strong hanging out at conventions than mm-hmm. there is uh, personal stuff, which, you know, yeah. I respect. Yeah, you know, it's always, I think when you when you get to the, the point that, that he's at, or a lot of these actors get to, you have to kind of make a decision about where you want to draw the yeah. line with that stuff. Yeah. But I uh, didn't know this. Uh, sorry. No, go a ahead. Fun story. He, uh, he told a story somewhere. I'm happy to be corrected on this if I get some of this wrong, <laughs> but Conroy was friends with Christopher Reeves and oh, really? Christopher Reeves had an airplane and Conroy was hanging out with Reeves flying around on a Cessna A to B, wherever that was. And, when they landed, Reeves found out that he got Superman role or something like that. I, I remember hearing this story kind of recently. I hope I'm getting it right, mm-hmm. um, which is it's kind of funny that uh, years later, uh, Kevin walks into a uh, audition for a character he doesn't really know much about. And it's like, 
what do you mean, man? You were friends with Christopher Reeves before he became Superman. You didn't try to <laughs> look into some other comics. You didn't see that that role would be lucrative. Um, but obviously, he ended up uh, totally coming through and uh, elevating Batman. Well, him and everyone else who made that show obviously ended up elevating Batman to a level that's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess it would make sense that he was friends with Christopher Reeve. He went to uh, Juilliard yeah. in 1973, uh, and he was... He was there with quite a quite a few names. He was there with he roomed with Robin Williams, and wow. uh, he was in the yeah. same group as Kelsey Grammer. And I know Christopher Reeve was there as well at the same time. So you know a lot of a lot of a lot of big names there at, at around that time. And uh, yeah. yeah, he did he did a lot of you know it's it's interesting right because I feel like when you get something like this, you can either mm-hmm. push away from it or lean into it. Yeah. Um, as far as your legacy is concerned. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's interesting because he did so much. He did a whole bunch of uh, TV stuff. Like I actually, years ago, I think I talked about this on the, on the podcast at some point. Uh, when I was Cheers. watching. Th- What's that? Was it Cheers? Yes. Yeah, I was, we, we, I was watching through Cheers. And uh, I wasn't even, I had my head down when this character came in. But then he started talking and I was like, wait a minute. I know that voice. And it was Kevin Conroy, and he was—he looked so different because obviously it was like thirty something years ago, and he looked like he was a—he—he was—he was a big dude. He was like jacked. He was very athletic looking. Yeah. And uh, it was so funny to see him in a role that you actually got to watch him act because he's yeah. so recognizable as a, as a voice actor. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he did. He did mostly TV from you know the late seventies through the early nineties, and then. Mm kind of uh once he got into voice acting that was kind of how everything went from that point because it yeah obviously is very good at it and he did a lot of batman he's yeah. he's one of those actors where it's i feel like it's his voice is probably a bit of a blessing and a curse because on mm-hmm. the one hand he's fantastic as batman but on the other hand you can't exactly just cast him for literally anything because he sounds like batman like it's it's a very it's like yeah. it's like how the voice of Lisa Simpson only does Lisa's voice on the Simpsons oh, because yeah, she has such God a distinct <laughs> she has such a distinctive voice that it's difficult to you kind it kind of um the the what's it's difficult to suspend your disbelief hearing that voice coming coming out of it of another another character yeah but he yeah he leaned into it and he became the defining Batman for uh, many people, you know, at least as far as yeah. I'm concerned, my I Michael Keaton has always been my number one, but Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. is definitely number two. I remember in college, uh, a female friend who liked the animated series as well. She did a deep dive into Kevin Conroy, and she found uh, some movie he did where his character's on the phone having phone sex. And oh she was like, it was so weird hearing Batman's voice be like, oh, yeah, give it to me, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I didn't see it myself. Probably easy to track down, though. But I'm, I'm when surprised you and I talked about. I'm just going to say I'm surprised right? that hasn't made it to the Internet. Yeah. When you and I talked about um, interviewing him in Toronto, you said, uh, because you're always a smart ass. But uh, you're just going to interview him about his role in Cheers for 60 minutes straight mm-hmm. and not let him get onto any other topic. Honestly, 
I, I would I would wonder if he would not have preferred that to to huh. some extent because how many different ways can you say can you answer the question so what's it like being the voice of Batman well you know it's an honor and it's yeah. a character loved by so many people if I if we had been like tell us about being on Cheers do you think he would have lit up and been like Rhea Perlman nicest person yeah. I've ever met in my life Kelsey Grammer yeah. total asshole he's a friend of mine from school though <laughs> yeah that's fair. Um. Yeah, it's I. I've been listening uh, to. uh, Sorry, I was just gonna say I've been listening to, um, Quentin Tarantino's new podcast that he's been doing, and mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he was talking about as a tactic of his when he first got to to Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and he said it served him quite well. Is any person that he met, like any famous person, actor or whatever, he would Mm -hmm. pull the deepest most obscure I, reference he could possibly pull from their career yeah. and that would be the thing that he talked to them about and he said almost every time they would light up and go oh my god no one's ever asked me about that before and then which yeah. is like you know yeah so i'm on the i was on the That's right fair. track let's put it that way <laughs> yeah yeah i think i said before um when paul newman used to walk the red carpet reporters used to try to get him over to talk and right, he just yeah. wasn't interested in doing that but if you shouted at him and asked him a car question, he would mm-hmm. beeline over and start talking about racing. Yeah. And then you could slip in your uh, your acting question. Um, yeah, I can. So I my my uh, friend Jeff got me a uh, cameo last year, which uh, you play Kevin, you know, for three minutes. And he talks to you, or records a personal video, or whatever. And uh, he read out loud some of my lines from White Knight, which was uh, amazing. And if you go on Twitter right now and follow. Um, SGM art sales, you'll see that uh, Jeff posted it. I also posted it on my um, Instagram. And, um, you know, it was amazing to hear uh, Kevin, who's one of my, who has like a direct line to my childhood heartstrings, read a book that I would not have done without him. So you think of it that way, you know? Right. And then uh, I could tell, like, that was all new on Conroy. He's never read those lines, he's never probably read a comic. Oh, I'm sure he has actually. But um, then he went in to rehearse Kevin, but you couldn't really tell. Because he skipped into like, oh man, that's such fun to read. You know, thank you so much for the honor of reading your comic. Yeah, playing Batman for thirty years and blah blah blah. Like he just went into it. It right, seemed very yeah. genuine. And as yeah. a good actor, I know he knows how to make that seem fresh every time. But you could tell like where his first bullet point was and what was brand new content, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And I listened to almost every interview Carl Sagan ever did. To the point where I know which bullet point he's about to launch into. Um, <laughs> and Sagan was, a, you know, a, probably a genius uh, in a lot of ways. But every now and then he would do an interview with uh, Charlie Rose and uh, he would accidentally slip into the wrong bullet point and not answer the question he was asked. And I know Sagan's not dumb. I know he's got good answers for everything. But I think you just get tired and you go into your routine. And uh, what's nice about Kevin in that cameo, I'm imagining... Anytime he does an interview about Batman, he speaks about it with such warmth and fondness that it makes it sound fresh. It doesn't sound like he's just going through the hoops. Right, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't have done it for as long as he did if he didn't, you know, love doing it, you know. And, yeah. and he's, there's there's stories that he tells about, yeah. uh, you know, after after 9-11 working at a, at, on a food line for the, the cops or something and then someone was like, wait a minute, is this... This is fucking Batman, and then he, you know, 
got up and he did the I am vengeance line and the whole place went nuts and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you, 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 you find out what these things that seem uh, yeah. like work to you mean to people the more you, you get yeah. out there and meet them. Yeah. Whereas some actors can't be fucked to do that shit. Like, do you see, yeah. uh, you know, uh, William Shatner at a soup kitchen suddenly doing some lines from TOS, you know? You know, I don't know. William Shatner now, maybe. William Shatner yeah. like 40 years ago, maybe not. I was, I mean, I could say 50 at this point. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely some yeah. who who kind of shy away from it. Like it's yeah. it, not to, not to compare careers or anything, but you know, Conroy had the outlet to keep doing this in a way that it's not pigeonholing, mm-hmm. but like, I, I feel like him spending 30 years doing Batman is different than Christopher Reeve doing four Superman movies and then kind of totally. getting pigeonholed as the Superman guy. And yeah. I'm not really sure why that is. Maybe it's just the the difference between you, you're seeing one of them and you're only hearing the other one. But mm-hmm. I feel like Christopher Reeve needed to really fight hard to get away from Superman in a way that mm-hmm. you know uh, Kevin Conroy never really did with Batman. Although I could, I could be completely wrong. I don't know how he felt about it personally, but... I did think. Yeah, I, I don't thought know. I, I thought I had heard, like a handful of years ago, that he was gonna that he and Mark Hamill both were retiring from the roles, mm-hmm. and I don't think that was true for either of them. I no. think I think it was. Yeah, they both. I came thought out it was like. Uh, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like the last Arkham game was going to be the last thing that they did, and that was yeah. like five or it's six years bullshit. ago. I think at this point, every convention Stanley did was always his last convention. Same yeah. thing with William Shatner is the the conventions know it's bullshit, but they like to put that in the headlines to get people to come in. Yeah. Um, hey, I have a T-shirt. About- I have a T-shirt from Kiss's farewell tour from mm-hmm. 2001. <laughs> so, first, yeah, the first one. Yeah, their first, first farewell tour in 2001. Yeah, well, the original uh, first of a series. Yeah, might be worth yeah. something, man. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. You know, too with voice acting too, like Christopher Reeves, you're playing Superman. <laughs> That's probably eight year span of four movies. So you're doing waiting for script, coming with ideas, going to dinners, getting directors, getting funding, whatever. That's enough to keep you. So you're only shooting for maybe six months at a time, but you're doing a lot of other work around keeping the Superman brand going. So I could see Superman taking up a lot more time for uh, Reeves than Batman takes up for Kevin because Mm -hmm. Kevin might have only spent like you do one at one season of batman in a long weekend just go to fly to wherever sit in the booth read the lines read them different ways and we'll pick the best ones um it's like i I remember hearing uh i think it was john goodman talk about doing um monsters inc and everyone has tied him to this character sully and it was so much warmth in their hearts but for him he's like it was three days for me i came in i read the lines i left like i don't it's hard to empathize because i don't really have much connection to this like other people do like i'm not admired in the character Mm -hmm. Um, like if i'm in a role like in big lebowski and i wonder if for kevin how many hours did he actually spend recording batman seems like we've had him for he's been working constantly on batman for 30 years but if you boil it all down, it might just be six months total compressed Batman time. Yeah. And then a lot of free time. And I always wondered, why didn't Kevin do 
more film. Um, he might or, not have had to, honestly. I mean, maybe honestly, it might yeah. have been lucrative enough that yeah. you don't need to do anything else, you know, just enjoy your life. Yeah. Like he spent more time hour for hour going to conventions as Batman than he did actually recording Batman. Guaranteed. Probably. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Flights, doing six shows a year, cameos. I mean, there's good money in that. I mean, maybe the stress of being behind or in front of the, the camera is just not worth it. Especially if you're dealing with cancer in the later years of your life. Maybe it's easier just to show up, record for a few days and then leave and then you just make your money for the year. Totally plausible. Yeah. It's so strange. It must be so interesting, flattering, yeah. but also maybe a little, I don't know if it's annoying at a certain point, but like to, to yeah. just have, you know, there are so many other people out there who have and could play Batman, but you are mm-hmm. the one that people just keep going back to. Like there's, yeah. I mean, I know <clears throat> when I was watching the animated series, once it switched over, once the animated was over and, and Batman Beyond, I think, was over at this point, and they started mm-hmm. up The bat the Batman, yeah. yeah, one of the main things that turned me off was that it wasn't Kevin Conroy doing Batman's voice. <clears throat> and I know it wouldn't have fit, because I think he's supposed to be younger or something, but mm-hmm. it just, you know, you go in, you see Batman, and you have a certain expectation of what it's going to sound like in animated form, and if it doesn't, you kind of go, well... Yeah. This yeah. is fine, I guess. Like, there's yeah. a lot of the any of the DC animated movies where he's not doing Batman. You're kind of like, well, yeah, that's fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really play a lot of video games, so I didn't play any of the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. When I saw a clip of him, like Kevin Conroy as you know SWAT team jacked up Batman, it always felt wrong to me. Like for it, it to work, it feels like it needs to be Bruce Tim animated. It does feel weird. I, when I started playing the Arkham games, yeah. I actually did think, I don't know if this is the best fit for him. Yeah. Hamill's a little bit easier to swallow as the, mm-hmm. the Joker from those games. Yeah. Uh, but even so, it's still like, I don't know. There's something, mm-hmm. s- something doesn't quite fit about this iteration of Batman with, with mm-hmm. that voice coming out of it. But to That's, Gen Z, it's seamless. They don't. They they know more about Arkham than they do about the animated series. So for them, it's totally seamless. Right, right. Yeah. In fact, it's probably weird to watch the animated series. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah. The uh, he only got to play Batman or Bruce Wayne rather live action once, which mm-hmm. was which was fun. Which was in the uh, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths series that they did on the the CW DC shows a couple of years ago. He was terrible. Just kidding. I didn't see it. <laughs> well, it was it was it was interesting because they they kind of played on your expectations because they go into this universe where Kevin Conroy is Bruce Wayne and Bat mm-hmm. Batwoman and Supergirl go to talk to him because it's like oh Bruce Wayne we got to go he's obviously Batman we got to and he ends up being the villain of the episode and you're just you're oh. not really you're not really ready for it when you hit that oh. turn where it's like oh shit this is the yeah. everybody's everybody's batman father is the bad guy yeah <laughs> but it's uh it's it's it, it was fun to see him see him yeah. in that role uh i i i would love to know how he felt about it if it was like just another thing or if he if he was mm-hmm. happy to finally get to put his face with the character or what yeah yeah i'm sure there's an interview out there that we haven't seen yet um you know talking about father footballs that, that's a very fine point on something i've been trying to wrap my head around the last two days is Kevin Conroy's death, I wasn't expecting it this soon, but I knew one day 
20 years from now, Kevin was going to probably pass away and how mm-hmm. tough that would be. And I, I dreaded it like I almost dread losing Patrick Stewart. Um, mm-hmm. So what is it about these two actors and the roles they played? And the thing I keep coming back to is the fatherhood role where you are some kind of mentor where, you know, hard for a lot of people is their surrogate dad, their moral compass. Like, uh, you carry them around with you in your head as moral co-pilots. Like, they help you every day. You're like, all right, part of you thinks like, man, what would Picard do right now? What would Batman do? What would Batman say about this? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of weird to think of it that way, but I think that is how, that is the kind of characters that we're talking about here. These um, characters are way beyond their show. They become part of the psychology of a generation and they take you with them in a way that's like more than a cult even. Um, and I don't know if actors ever like, you have to just sort of stumble into that role, honestly, you know? Mm-hmm. Like as much as Patrick Stewart probably kills it doing a lot of Shakespeare, I mean, let's face it, the thing he's going to be known for is Card and even, you know, Professor X to a similar degree. And I wonder when Kevin realized, oh, shit, like these people are not just coming up to me getting autographs. They're in tears. They're asking advice. They, they, mm-hmm. they are like, if you listen to the Kevin Smith, any one where he starts breaking down in tears with Kevin Conroy, it happened a few times. Kevin must have realized, oh, man, this is I'm part of something much bigger than I ever anticipated, you know, and I'm sure yeah. Patrick Stewart realized it, too. I'm not sure when uh, William Shatner dies if he has that pull with BOS fans. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm the wrong generation. But something yeah, about the I, way Picard handled it and Kevin Conroy handled it, it put him in another level of being an actor. I think I think Shatner does for a lot of people, but I think his, you know, he's obviously been around a lot longer, so I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, space between those things mm-hmm. where uh you know um spock I, is I, spock is definitely yes that's what's yeah. interesting is spock the character was written to talk about morality and the human condition more than uh kirk was but um Clard yeah. was meant to talk more about the human condition than data i mean data still has something to say but really the meat of it is on Picard's shoulders right right yeah <clears throat> Yeah, it's I always it is always fascinating to me yeah. when when you feel like when as an actor if you're in one of those roles do you realize that mm-hmm. it is it is bigger it is bigger than the work you put on the screen and and yeah how do you wrap your mind around dealing right. with that right yeah I mean for me I, I try to think of other actors who have that role it's hard to think of uh, more than a handful like for me when I became an atheist i needed another thing to fill my head with and i fell into henry rollins for a while um Mm -hmm. not his music but his spoken word i just i needed to hear someone who had a way of looking at the world that was tough and aggressive and kind of black and white but blind and fair but intense and rollins hit me at the right time where i guess you could have said he was sort of like a father figure in my brain i needed and then i moved on from him to carl sagan um and I think I'm trying to think of who else out there has this weight with people. Certainly musicians can, you know, like when Dave Bowie passes, people start reading through his lyrics and they start really feeling mm-hmm. connected. You know, you know, roles like that. 
you know, and again, it's some, not something you can plan for. It just sort of has to happen. And I think these actors must be like, oh, oh, shit, I'm this guy now. What do I talk to you about this? You know, right, most yeah, actors have no yeah. idea what it's like to lead a cult in a way like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Cult's not a good, you know what I'm trying to say, though, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting about it is like the there seems to be more of it now because mm -hmm. these types of roles are, are, are becoming a lot more prevalent. Right. Um, and th there's almost like a support network for it at these conventions where it's like, yeah, the guy who, the guy who plays Loki can talk to the guy who plays Batman about what it's like mm -hmm. dealing with fans in, in Ohio or something, you know, it's, right. it's, yeah, it's, uh, it is a fascinating life yeah. to, yeah. to, to lead and right. to, be able to keep to be able to keep yourself private enough that mm -hmm. you know you can enjoy that side of it and you can also enjoy your your personal life yeah. is, is is impressive but even if patrick stewart's hanging out with hugh jackman at conventions which i'm sure they have so they're both an x-men they both have people come up to them in tears and they both have people oh, sure. who are super jazzed and lose their shit but I don't think many people look to Hugh Jackman as a father figure who played a character that weighs on them about how to live their life, whereas Patrick Stewart has. So I'd say right, Stewart yeah. is a whole other level that Hugh Jackman can't really understand. Uh, yeah. He must witness it. He must be like, oh, man, Pat, Jesus Christ. I thought I had crazy fans. Your fans are like asking you to like marry them and you know, sign their Bibles. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 it's almost like a religious... Uh, experience when with Patrick Stewart whereas with Hugh Jackman it's like man you're awesome I love Wolverine <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah yeah I'm still trying One to find greatest... a way to wrap my head around it because I think it really is fascinating yeah yeah it's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi would have done it like Alec Guinness was certainly yep. that guy um, well I mean even even Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi has that kind of following to a certain extent at this point, I think. You're right. Alec Guinness, I don't think Alec Guinness he knew wasn't, or cared about Yeah, it. he had that weight. And if the convention thing was a, a in full swing back then, he would have felt it like Patrick Stewart, for sure. But if, if he had gone, I don't I don't think he would, Alec Guinness would have stepped foot in a, okay. a comic book convention. <laughs> I don't know if he's a dick or not. He seems like a nice guy on, on camera. I, I don't think <laughs> that he's a dick. I don't think it's whether or not he's a dick. I just don't think he had much reverence for the role. He was, uh, he was probably a dick, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's, a, he's Alec Guinness. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a small... It's a it's a small grouping of yeah. actors who play characters that affect right. so many of the same people right. in the same way, and I think Kevin Conroy is definitely one of those. Where, mm -hmm. re regardless of your uh, the other stuff that you like, mm -hmm. if you if your Venn diagram crosses into Batman, you have some sort of connection to him, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know he's. 66 is way too young and uh, yeah. be a big loss for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that probably does it for us yep. uh, here. Uh, thanks for listening to us mm -hmm. blab about this and try to yeah, one wrap shout our out heads around it. To, uh, we wanted to mention Conroy wrote a short story in 2022 oh, yeah. Yeah. called Finding Batman, and it's a comic, and I think it's free. Uh, just Google it right now and you'll find it on Comixology or whatever. It's about his experience getting the role of Batman, what it meant to him. 
I have not read it. I wish I had. I only discovered it like this morning. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw a couple people putting uh, tweeting pages from it or something. So I, I would definitely check it out and and, yeah. and uh, take a look at it. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week with the official start of season two of Batman Beyond. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then. One day when I leave you a note like this, what would I say? Probably something that tries to protect you. Something you can draw upon in your darker moments. Something that will make up for my mistakes. Something about why I still fight as Batman. That it isn't out of a duty to avenge my parents. The reason I keep fighting is for you. Because I want to leave you a safer Gotham that you can be proud of. So that one day you can take off the masks. Okay, um, Sean, uh, that reading was booked by your friend Jeffrey Martin. Um, because he so admires all the work you do and how much you've accomplished. And I have to say, that's, that's beautiful writing. And it was a privilege to read it. Um, I, I just, I feel so fortunate to play this character uh, for 30 years, to, in, to inhabit this man, this complicated, conflicted, damaged man, um, who just wants to leave the world a better place. So good luck, Sean, with all your work. And remember, it's not what you are underneath. It's what you do that defines you. Take care.